This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody. It's not human intelligence. If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking knew it. I knew that was going to happen. Welcome to the Godless Revolution. The today is now I'm all fucked up. Today is Thursday, <laughs> July eighteenth. This is episode two hundred fifty-eight. I'm Dan Ellis, joined in studio by this mustachioed fellow here. Oh yeah, I guess my name's Ryan Duffy. Uh huh. That's yeah. the, that's you. Hey, and and I'm Matt. That guy over there, and, Matt. And with, Matt with with the Hawaiian shirt this week. Yes. That was. It's fun. I like your shirt. Yeah, I like Hawaiian shirts. Thanks. And we are joined in studio by. Listener and Patreon supporter Captain Samples, aka, or well, <laughs> so his real name is Tyson McCauley, aka Captain Samples, in studio with us. How are you doing? I'm just dandy. Super duper, man. We're super excited to have you in studio. Well, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. Uh, so what have you guys been doing for the last week? I got a, I got a new tattoo. I know this. Yeah, I got, uh, I got Ozzy's paw tattooed on my arm. So we talked to, well, you talked to us about it last week. But Did we mention it, it during the show? I, I think I'm, I, I don't know if I mentioned during the show or not that I was going to get it done. The, I can't Because I got it done Friday. Yeah. The day after recording. Yeah. Uh, and then on Sunday, I got to go take a vet visit. What did he do? He got a hole put in his ear. A guy likes to have holes punched in him. I know. He had the hole punched in the side from the fence. Mm-hmm. This time he had a dog playing a little to rub with him and lacerated his ear. Was so, it all the way through his ear? It wasn't all the way through, but it's a, okay. it was a good about half inch laceration on his ear that was pretty wide open. Yeah, pretty much through that, you know, through the skin. I mean, all your ear did is, the, is really did the vet skin. have to stitch him up? Or what yeah, did they yeah, do? they got. I think he got an internal stitch and like two external stitches on it <laughs> to close it up, and they put some goop on it, and he's been a conehead all week. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's wearing the cone of shame. Yep. Although today I managed to put his uh his little shoes on him that he hate hated wearing. Oh, did you get the like the boots for? He, like, so like we got it for him. So when it was hot out. And we didn't want him walking on hot concrete and so burning the pads his on his feet. Yeah, yeah. But he hated wearing them. So while he had the cone on his head this morning, I just put those on. He's like, oh, <laughs> fuck it. This fucking sucks, man. I got a I, cone on my head. I'm I got me in these stupid fucking boots. Yeah. <laughs> but he wore them all day. And when I took the cone off, he, he couldn't figure out that he could still scratch. But he didn't know how to do it. Like he was sitting all weird, like with his feet splayed. I was like, what are these things? So get him off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he's doing well now. Yeah. He's doing good. He, uh, he's very much more cuddly with the cone on his head. Oh yeah. I think it's because he's like, I want you to take this off me right yeah. now. So I'm just going to lay my head on your lap until you take it off. Yeah. So, yeah. We ended up getting like an inflatable, donut thing for Oliver after a little while because the cone was unmanageable with his short snout like yeah. like Oz has a short-ish snout but he's Well we have to not, take it we have to take it off he's him not to let brachiocephalic. him eat food and drink water I have to take the cone off of him. Yeah. 
So sometimes I'll, he's weird. I think it's because the, the auditory is completely messed up while he's wearing it. Oh, yeah, because it just funnels yeah. everything. Yeah. So he'll just stand there, like, with his head, like, looking at the corner, like, <laughs> by the wall, just he standing there. dead people. Like, not moving. It's like, buddy, come here. And he just stands there. <laughs> this is where it's quietest. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. He's like, there's yeah. no noise over here. <laughs> Except every time he stands there, you guys fucking yell at him. Yeah. Well, he looks weird. He just stands there. It's like he's not sitting down or laying down. He's creeping just, us out, Oz. Knock it off. Just, you're just standing there looking at nothing for an hour. <laughs> this isn't normal. Yeah. Mm. yeah every, that's That's been my week. Everything else is good? Yeah. Good. Lulu, Lulu didn't uh, bother him while he has the cone on? No, she's, uh, she wants more attention from us. Yeah. But yeah. Well, good, good. Yeah. And you, Mr. McCauley? Uh, things have been good. Yeah. This week, I'm uh, I'm actually in school. Um, we haven't explained a lot about me yet, but you're I mean, in, you're a high schooler. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Junior high. Come on, he just oh, yeah. old for his age. <laughs> I wouldn't be drinking beer if that were the case. Oh, that's Whoa. true. Well, we don't know where you got that. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm an apprentice electrician. Oh, cool. So this week has been my school training week. Uh, I'm with the the union with IBW 354. Yay. And they do uh, the uh, – I'm with the – oh, crap. What do they call? They just rebranded it. It's called the Electrical Training Alliance, the Utah Electrical Training Alliance, which is we that, just built a new school off of Redwood and about 7800 South. Is that something that's sponsored through IBEW? It's partially funded through IBEW and partially funded by all of the contractors in our union, all of our signatory contractors. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I, of course, chip in uh, a minimal amount, just, you know, pay for textbooks and stuff. Um, I can fill in you in on more details later about that. But in any case, <laughs> yeah. I've been at school this week. Um, um, my boyfriend's been struggling a little bit with some uh, one of his friends actually died in a car accident this past Ooh, weekend, which oh, is man. really unfortunate. So he's got a yeah. a, a, a funeral to go to this weekend. Um, so that's been a little bit of a downer. Yeah. But apart from that, we've just been, you know, just been working, focusing <laughs> on school and trying to get through things. My, one of my, well, no, my ex-stepfather was a, an electrician. And in the IBEW, International hmm. Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, if I'm not <laughs> yes. mistaken. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm a big supporter of unions. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you've been shocked by a dryer before. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me. So you're me kind of an electrician. To do electrical stuff and not really paying attention to what the fuck what I was doing. Yeah. So you, so Tyson, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> electricity is a dangerous thing, right? It, it can is. be. It yeah. is. And dryers come with a variety of different plugs, which yeah, are so stupid. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. It is kind of dumb. Like there's, I think, three or four different plug arrangements for dryers. Okay. And so when we moved in here, we bought a new washer and dryer set. And, of course, the cord that came with its stock did not fit the receptacle in the laundry room, so I had to go get a new cord. Right. And they're easy to change out. I mean, it's mm-hmm. usually just a little... Plate on the back of the dryer, yeah, three wires, and Good yeah, you just you unscrew it and you screw the new the new thing on and you plug it into the wall. Right. Well, I in for whatever fucking reason, like I just wasn't paying attention. I moved the dryer out and I unscrewed the door and I unscrewed a couple of the contacts and 
then I went to do something else and instantly arc welded <laughs> the tip of my screwdriver to the screw that was still on the dryer because I didn't fucking unplug it from the receptacle <laughs> before I decided to change out this cord. Yeah. And it scared the shit out of me. Like, it yeah. instantly just fucking welded the head of my screwdriver to the screw, like, instant. But was it like a plastic <laughs> handle or something on that? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so it, it arced, but you were isolated yeah, by inflated. the tool. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, like, made a loud pop, and it yeah. scared the shit out of me. Because dryers are 220, right? Yeah. yeah. 240, actually. Oh. Uh -huh. 220, 240, whatever it takes. Well, <laughs> an extra 20 is a big difference. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a two-phase system. So you have a black and a red, mm -hmm. and each one is 120. So you mm -hmm. just add them together. Well, we don't need to be, get racial. <laughs> just... <laughs> I'm just, just driving the colors of the wire, man. That's not my fault. Who yeah, when it, when it happened, I, I took a picture of the – because, it you know, it was a screwdriver with ex interchangeable tips yeah. or bits at the end. And so it like welded it to the screw and I took a picture of it like, this is how fucking stupid I was just being. <laughs> I remember that picture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Could have been worse. I'll live, live to tell the tale. Um, now we unplug stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shutting off breakers is a good idea too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> if you're, if you're really afraid of electricity. <laughs> No, I, I should be more careful than I have been, but I, I, I'll just have to take that as a, as a, as a tip in the future that, yeah, I need to be more careful because I've definitely been more than a little careless around electricity in the past. Yeah. Uh, what have you been doing over the last week, Machu? Uh, I've been playing a little game called Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain. Mm -hmm. Have you? Ever heard of it? I have have you played it, Ryan? Or any? Sounds like an anime have. comic. Have you played it? Hmm, it's good. Mm, oh, okay. I was going <laughs> to say it was not even worth the free that I paid for oh, it. Oh, uh, shots fired. I, I deleted it. I, it's, I, it's like the video game equivalent of walking out on a movie. Just delete the game before I even... Oh, really? I literally had to change a baby. I had to change a baby's diaper and rock it. And and here's the worst part. If you don't get the rocking just right, you just have to keep fucking doing the same thing until the baby falls asleep. Well, you're like, you have to get dishes for your wife. You have to play with your kid. Like, I do this. This is my yeah. life. This is not like. This is not the escapism I was yeah. looking for. Yeah, and you're supposed to be like trying to solve some serial killer crime, which I think, oh, okay, that'd be cool. But then I end up helping my kid with this fucking homework. And shit. I'm like, you, you didn't even allow time for the crime to happen. I would say a well, game yeah. that starts with you changing diapers is probably a game that I wouldn't want to. I gave I gave it a good hour or two of of doing all that bullshit. Yeah, fair enough. But it's just it's set up. It's juxtaposition because mm -hmm. for now, it's it's doing household tasks to get you used to the QTEs, the quick time events. But then it's just to get used to the controls, and yeah. then. That's when the origami killer shows up and he kidnaps your kid and you're chasing him through the mall and you're getting into car chases and gunfights and all kinds of stuff. See, he's showing you how to fold yeah. diapers into cool You are patterns. being Mr. Miyagi'd. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that tapping, repetitive tapping to, to change the baby. You gave, a, you gave up baby? after the wax off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even go yeah. to the tournament. <laughs> no. You're like, Mr. Miyagi, fuck you. I ain't washing your car again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Paint I mean, the fence. No, paint your own fucking fence. Yeah, paint your own go goddamn go fence. I'm going to the store. There's there's enough good games out there you can still pass that one. You're not going to miss much. But yeah. still. 
I just I feel like he gave up a little too early in my yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. unfortunate. What was it called again? It's called uh, Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain. And what platform is that? PS4. That's what I played it on. Yeah. That was a three <laughs> exclusive. It must be backwards compatible. Uh, oh, was it? I've not heard of it, but it I was a. Uh, don't get to play that. One. It was a PlayStation Plus account free uh-huh. download. So mm. free is a good price, especially well, if you, you know didn't what? Like Maybe it. I'll download it tonight. That's why I, I said it wasn't even worth it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't even worth the free. Mm. Maybe I'll download tonight to see if Matt is right or wrong. I I don't give. And a I'll shit. tell you next week <laughs> what your opinion <laughs> is <laughs> of that game. Anything else? Um. Yeah, my mom has Alzheimer's, so that's fine. Oh, yeah, shit, that's right. You told us about that pre-show. That's but, very unfortunate, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, that it happens. Do you do you know much about Alzheimer's? Like, I don't know a whole lot about Alzheimer's other than like I really don't. People get it and it sucks. I know you get dementia. Yeah. It's, but that's like know, a I don't, degenerative I don't the, brain d- disorder. Yeah. Does it does it have other is health it, problems that accompany it, or is it just is it brain or cognitive stuff? Is it all What's, neuro neurological? Well, I mean, your brain kind of controls all your neurological kinda, functions. Kinda. Besides your <laughs> uh, your uh your automatic ones, your your lungs and yeah. What controls your heart, those again? The I can't autonomic. I the auto auto. I can't. Autonomic. 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 Yeah. It's still, well, your brain. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you don't have to think about it. No. They do everything by themselves. <laughs> yeah. That's the auto part of the nomic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, it's 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 the it's it's a brain death. So is it just that it affects your slowly, cognitive abilities yeah, and Yeah, and slowly like losing your memory, losing like the ability to, like, oh, I can't pick that up anymore. So it affects I can't. Motor, motor coordination Eventually, and stuff also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. I yeah. I've had relatives who have had Alzheimer's, but I don't think it ever got very bad before they were gone from other things. But yeah, yeah, you you can. I mean, if you get to like the late stages of Alzheimer's, yeah, you can. You're bedridden. Yeah, she already is. So, is she? Yeah. So not much of a change for her in that area, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so. very unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that. It's a bar. Yeah, um, well, I'm always good for bringing down the show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Mission accomplished. <sighs> uh, over the past week, I attended the Atheists of Utah member meeting, annual members meeting, and uh, election, where Brooke Moffat and Stephen DeBurke won the election and are the two newest full-time board members for Atheists of Utah. Yay. Yay! They're joining Chirsty Goodrich, Tiffany Hudson, and Eric. Shit, I can't think of uh, Eric's last name right now. It's not Eric. Shit, I'm sorry, Eric. <laughs> I feel really bad that I can't think of your name, your last name right now. Anyway, so they won the election. I look forward to uh, chatting with them some more in the future and working with them on stuff. Uh, Want to get both of them in here for an interview? That'd be that'd be okay. fun. Both of them at the same time. Probably not at the same time. We'd okay. probably do them separately. Okay. But I mean, we've entered like, the like an interrogation and stuff. Yeah. And Separate them. Yeah. We, we haven't had Ryan them. in the studio. But, well, Ryan, Ryan Mamot, oh, okay. who uh, is no longer on the board. We should have interviewed him while he was. Maybe we'll, we'll, maybe we'll still bring him in for an interview because he's an interesting dude. And then after that, we should have Eric shit. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a bank, yes. preferably. Yes. Eric shit will follow. <laughs> will follow Mr. Mamot. 
Um, but yeah, that was that was a good time. Uh, should be interesting having them on the board. I, lo- I look forward to seeing what they do. Um, finally heard back about my sleep study. Yeah, it's only week, been a actually. month. Well, and I, I heard back last week, and I oh. forgot to mention it on the show. Um, the They said that I was experiencing 86 episodes of apnea per hour, and the nadir of my O2 sats was 57%. That's... So throughout the evening while they were monitoring, well, throughout the night while they were monitoring me, that's as low as my oxygen saturation. That's not good. It's probably why I wake up with headaches. Yeah. It's just starving my brain. It's rotting away inside my cranium. Yeah. From not having enough oxygen. So hopefully I can get a CPAP soon and that'll fix things. But wouldn't you know it. Insurance won't cover it, so you got to wait another year? Well, it's just all this <laughs> fucking rigmarole and all of these hoops you got to jump through. Uh, so the apparently, the my, so my doctor recommended me to the sleep study center. The sleep study center then contacts a home health care service that contracts with my insurance company to provide the equipment for my CPAP. But they didn't have all of the information they needed, so... Mm. They needed to contact my do- my doctor, and in order to do that, they needed to contact the sleep study center, who yeah. gave them the information for my doctor. Then the home health care service contacted my doctor, and hopefully now things are straightened out. And it's- one day, sometime in the future, if things work out, I'll get my CPAP. It's but. it's like you're the first person to have sleep apnea and this company's like, well, we've right, got this yeah. device. Oh, we've we got a customer. To, we're just trying to figure out how this all works. Yeah. You know? and yeah, uh-huh. We're in the same boat you are, but it's not like we do this as a fucking <laughs> job or anything. It's fucking ridiculous, yeah. man. I don't understand why it takes so fucking long for any of this shit to happen. And you hear people, oh, well, socialized healthcare is just going to delay your treatment and you're going to be waiting in lines and it's going to be months until you can see your fucking doctor. That happens already. Okay. That fucking yeah. happens already in addition to all the other bullshit that we go through. You yep. just pay more for it. Makes me ragey. I'm not ready to get <laughs> ragey yet. So there was that. Um, I, I'll, oh, so it's the summer of comedy is what Tracy has deemed it. We ah. went and saw Eddie, Iz- Eddie Izzard a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Nice. Yep. And tomorrow we are going to see Patton Oswalt. Well, fuck you too. And then Saturday we're going to see Daniel Tosh. I didn't know he still toured. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah, she's hmm. she's hip to all the tickets of, of cultural oh. events and stuff. You know what I heard about Daniel Tosh? She's my cultural cultivator. Yeah, what? Uh, he's got severe social anxiety. Oh, really? And comedy is what he does to kind of, they started doing to break through it. Yeah. So he said that the person on stage is his alter ego hmm. that can say and do stuff that he normally wouldn't be able to do hmm. because he's can't like stand being in public. Oh, yeah. So he came up with this alter ego to do all this bad stuff to get away with it. He's like, hey, it's funny. <laughs> the thing I think's funny is like if you listen to comics, like 90% of them are like, yeah, I'm such an introvert. But I'm like, I don't think you are. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all talk about that. And it's just like, I don't think that's true. I think you think you're a quiet person. Well, like, but you're not. Like he said, like uh, you're a like, fucking stand up. That's well, that's how he got over his. Yeah, I'm just saying I don't believe Social him. anxiety was doing stand-up. <laughs> yeah. Sounds very Fight Club-ish. It's almost like, you know you put, it's almost it like happens, putting on though. a mask. Well, so I, I like watching America's Got Talent. It's my only shitty show I like to watch. Yeah? Uh, and one of the comedians on what there was it? America's Got Talent. Agate. Yeah. One of the comedians that was on there that got cut oh, yeah. 
was like, I was agoraphobic. I didn't leave my house. The only thing that got me out of my house was doing stand-up comedy. And now my dreams are smashed. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> my God, you people. But you could tell he was probably recently gotten out of the house. Yeah. Like, bleach white. Like, he hadn't seen the sun in 20 years. And Does America have talent? Uh, actually, a lot of it comes from outside the outside of America. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's oh. a lot of a lot of foreigners on it. Those immigrants send them back. Send oh, them God. back. Well, they will go back when the show's over with, unless oh, they get, unless okay. they win, then they get a show in Vegas. Uh, okay. But yeah, they go home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. Uh, lastly, oh no. So. Oh yeah. Last <laughs> so last week, uh, I I put my phone number in the show. And one of our listeners actually decided to use it, which yep. is awesome. I, I was I was kind of surprised. Unfortunately, I don't know the listener's name, or I would or I would mention their name on on the show. We'll have to we'll have to do that next week after we have received <laughs> the wonderful surprise that they are sending to yeah. us. That I'll once we receive it, I will post pictures out to the Godless Revolution community on Facebook and or our page. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be awesome. It's somebody who happens to work for uh, a very, very cool agency that, uh, and it's not a space agency. Well, it's not. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not a space agency. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. You've confused me now. Well, I'm trying to say that. It's, well, it's not a space agency. It's not like a car manufacturer. It's not a. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm trying to say what it's not. Oh. So you can kind of figure out what it is. Oh. Like it's not like a spy agency. It's yeah. an administration. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not a spy agency. It's oh. yeah. There's no men in black. No. Okay. I got you. So that should be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Lastly, we have some listener feedback. Uh, we received a message from Eugene McGrath in the Bronx. That's New York. That's New York, people. <laughs> Uh, he wrote to us and said, Hey guys, love the show. I especially like the interstitial clips featuring the likes of Ricky Gervais and Hitch. They're great. Keep up the good work, folks. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for the, thanks for sending us a message. Always appreciate it. My favorite parts are when you aren't in it. (laughs) (laughs) If you, if you, dear listener, would like to send us a message, you can do so by going to God, by sending us an email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at TGR Podcast. Or you can visit our Facebook page. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 33081-REBEL. <laughs> and we may feature it on the show. But thank you very much for the feedback. Uh, so I want to talk to Tyson a whole lot more. We're, we're going to do that right after this happy little break. <laughs> You got all excited leaning toward the microphone. Look at you. Look, you're, you're oh, doing you good. Know. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. We have the Latter Day Lesbian Podcast. It's the podcast about an ex Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. Mm-hmm. And so we do that every week on a podcast, don't we? We do. You're supposed to jump in. Sorry. Just jump in anytime. Okay. <laughs> I'm here. We are available on your favorite podcast app. Just uh, look for Latter Day Lesbian, where your favorite podcast can be heard. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Oh, here she is. Right. Go on. If you're atheist. I am. And you don't believe in an afterlife. I don't. If you don't believe in heaven and hell and all that, mm. why don't you just go around raping and murdering as much as you want? I do. What? 
I do go around raping and murdering as much as I want, which is not at all. Because he's got a conscience. What? If death is just the end, what's the point? What's the point in what? Living. Might as well just kill yourself. So if you're watching a movie and you're really enjoying it, someone with Kevin Hart in, yeah. and someone points out that this will end eventually, do you just go, oh, forget it then, what's the point, and just turn it off? No, because I can watch it again. Well, I think life is precious because you can't watch it again. I mean, you can believe in an afterlife if that makes you feel better. Doesn't mean it's true. But once you realise you're not going to be around forever, I think that's what makes life so magical. One day you'll eat your last meal, smell your last flower, hug your friend for the very last time. You might not know it's the last time, so that's why you should do everything you love with passion, you know? Treasure the few years you've got, because that's all there is. I watched Ride Along 2 five times. Well, you haven't wasted your life then. Definitely not, no. Love Kevin Hart. Yeah. Everything about him. It's humour, it's comedy. Films? Comedy films mainly. Mainly, yeah. Yeah. Whatever gets you through. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming over. Pleasure. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. So we we brought you in studio because we thought this should be this should be fun. We want to we want to talk to you and hear all about your life and junk and stuff. So it's my understanding, Tyson, that you are newly out of a couple closets is this correct this is true yeah so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about that so uh first uh how old are you i'm 29 29 you're a baby you're a wee baby mm, nah, i well, don't know about that i'm an i'm an old guy yeah <laughs> i'm not the youngest one here <laughs> <laughs> yeah you are the youngest one in studio i tonight. doubt any of you have cracked 50 give me a break i'm uh, pushing it yeah he's i'm, I'm 35 so 46 I'm, okay. and a half now and a half. And a half. I thought we started stop counting halves when we reached ten. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no. How old am I? Wait, it's twenty nineteen. <laughs> I'm forty five. I'm forty five and a half. Okay. Uh, I forget how old I am. Sometimes. Don't worry. I forgot a whole year once. Like there, there are ages in your life that you know you're that age, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're everything up until like eighteen, you know how old you are. Yeah, yeah, and then you, after, got, you got markers you want to hit, right, right, and then you know, eighteen to twenty-one, you pretty much know all of those because you're waiting for twenty-one. Yeah, and, and then, then you're just drunk the whole time. Twenty-one to twenty-five, you know, twenty-five because then rental car prices drop and your insurance drops, and it after does? that, it's like every five years. I'm thirty-five and I'm still waiting for my insurance to drop. Well, it, it would have been much higher while you were younger, and it would be difficult for you to rent a car. Well, I couldn't, but yeah, I mean. My yeah. first car, I was paying seventy bucks a month for an insurance. Yeah, and now I'm paying more than that. But now I got two cars. Yeah, and one of them's a Corvette. Yeah, <laughs> so. but <laughs> so <laughs> my, my 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 well, my second car was a Firebird. What year? Uh, eighty four. Uh, I had a seventy five. It was fun. The yeah. Fire Chicken. <laughs> we used to we used to run over garbage cans in it. That's not what they're made for? And I blew out the transmission one day at lunch because we were fucking around. Oh, I spun the back axle off mine. Oh, Anything yeah. come out? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I used it? to have so many fucking problems <laughs> with that car. Oh, yeah. We, I, I was fucking around going to the mall one day and went to turn right into the mall parking lot and took it really fast. And the car had sat for like three years without moving at all. So it had a lot of problems. Some like, creaks. 
Yeah, there were like cats and birds and shit living in it when (laughs) when my dad decided to try to fix it up and and then I started driving it around. But because it had sat for so long, it had mag wheels Mm -hmm. and the the lug nut or the lug bolts for the mag wheels. I think just because it had sat for so long, the wheels got warped a bit and there were two instances where just tooling down the road. All of the lug bolts just sheared off yep, had and the that tire happen. went flying. So the one time was my dad driving. We were on the freeway and a rear tire came off and just like started <laughs> passing the car as we're going down the freeway. And then the other time was when I was going to the mall, took a right turn way too fast. And the right front tire fell off. And because of the momentum, as I was going around the turn, the wheel fell off. And landed on its side, and then the car landed on top yeah, of the wheel. Talk, yeah. And I was just stuck in the mall entrance with people honking at me to move my fucking car <laughs> to push it out of the way. And I'm like, yeah, you try pushing yeah. this. It's stuck on a wheel. This 1975 fucking Firebird <laughs> that probably weighs 3,000 pounds <laughs> out of the way with a tire that it's resting on. So, anyway. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so you are, you are the youngest of the bunch here in the studio. Uh, sure. have you been in Utah all your life? Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Born and raised, mm-hmm. um, a member of the, of the predominant faith here in Utah. Yes. The, the, the local church, the yeah. local cult as I, uh, <laughs> I think it is. So you were raised, well, raised Mormon. But I do got to ask, did you do a mission? I did not. Oh, oh, got out before then, did you? Or just not? So, so tell us all about this. So, you've lived in Utah all of your life, or most of your life? All of your life? All of my life. All of your life here in Utah, uh-huh. uh, in Salt Lake Valley area. Yeah, primarily Salt Lake Valley. Pretty much, I've lived in the same house in West Jordan since ninety-one. Oh, yeah. I think is when we moved in, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, uh, so do you live with your family, or is this yourself? I do not. Or? Okay. Um. I just bought a house in uh, Riverton. It's right on the border oh, nice. with Harriman. Yeah. Um, right about 126 South in Mountain View. Mm. So me and my boyfriend just bought the place. It's a good place to be. Yeah. We like it. Excellent. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you very much. That's that's awesome. So you're 29 years old, not even 30 yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you are no longer LDS. Mm-hmm. When, did, when did that happen? That happened... Uh, Approximately 10 years ago mm-hmm. um, is when I would say that I stopped going to church. That's when I finally was like, I'd had enough. But I actually resigned officially last October. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about the same time I started listening to you guys, along with, you know, several other podcasts and, and, and like that are in similar veins. Um, but I think somewhere along the line, I don't remember who I was listening to or who kind of gave me the idea but i decided that it was after after the last conference that mm. came out i think i saw some of the comments that dallin h oaks had made in general conference and i just decided you know what i don't want my name on their roles yeah mm-hmm. so that's when i decided to officially submit my resignation through quitmormon.org and uh, i've got the little certificate on my wall <laughs> yay well congratulations so, well thank you how how did the rest of the family take that? Do you have brothers and sisters? I have one brother. Um, he's two years younger than I am. And he lives in Kearns. He bought a house out there with his wife. Mm. They 
are still members, mm. but they're not really active. My okay. brother drinks. He likes coffee. You know, he's a Jack Mormon. He's a Jack Mormon. Yeah. You know, I don't even know if they've gone for for months because okay. they've been kind of on the fence. With that, a lot of their neighbors have been very very judgy, so they've just stayed away from them. Mm. Which I don't blame them. Um, that happens a lot here in Utah, mm-hmm. particularly with members of the LDS church that if for whatever reason they don't feel that you're worthy, yeah. you're not, you're not living a temple worthy life, then they should talk about you to all of the rest of the congregation and yeah. call you to heal. Which, yeah, I, I, I still don't understand. That was probably the primary reason why I left. Oh yeah. Because I, my dad at the time was the second counselor in the bishopric. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of pressure on me to serve a mission mm-hmm. when I turned eight, nineteen, eighteen, And I never actually got like confirmation of this, but there were rumors floating around the ward that there were bets being placed on whether or not I was going to serve. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I don't that's... know that that's for sure true, but there was enough of it going on. And I hated going in for worthiness interviews with the bishop. I hated the pressure to go serve a mission. And I just thought, fuck all of this. I'm going to go to college instead. You know, unfortunately, that was right at the same time that the recession hit. I had a hell of a time finding a job and holding a job. I was kind of working through a temp agency and bouncing between jobs. And it was just miserable. So I decided to go to college. I went down to Snow College instead, spent wasted if i'm honest <laughs> a year down there took out 5 grand in student loans which took 5 years to pay back and i have jack to show for it um so instead when you i got you millennials <laughs> i knew that was going to come up eventually i mean i'm i'm technically a millennial are you really yeah you're right in that like the the edge of the margin or what i'm like depending on what you look at either i'm a millennial or, or i'm the generation between gen x and millennial I don't think there is one. Yeah, I don't they were they were they were defining like a four year gap, saying that I grew up with and without the internet. Because huh. mm-hmm. millennials are kind of the generation that grew up with the internet, with true all that stuff. I grew up where I got internet when I was in like middle school, so I know I grew up pre internet. And I thought it was people who graduated around the millennium. No, I think they're redefining what a millennial is based on internet dates. It's all based off of. Hmm. Social happenings, hmm. technological advancements. Yeah. Like, like, hey, these people had this; these people didn't. They're functioning a little differently. Well, it just seems like a function yeah. of the people who are defining the measurements. True. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know how they're defining the fucking measurements. We need yeah, to get boomers. their their criteria. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> huh. Uh, so you are a millennial. Decided. <laughs> yes, I'm one of the generation that's. Fucking up the country, according Decided to Decided that you were just going to go piss away a bunch of money and time at college, and <laughs> yeah. then you're not going to do anything with anything you learned there. And I drank rosé and ate avocado toast, <laughs> and I had nothing better to do. <laughs> so so you went to you went to Snow. What were you studying? Uh, criminal justice, primarily. Oh, cool. So I was thinking uh, for quite a while that I was going to be a cop. Um, Bad idea. Uh, in retrospect, yes. That's that's one reason why I'm glad I didn't go that direction. Yeah. Firefighter is much more fun. Well, yeah. That's, I was actually told that going up through when I was taking classes. Like, yeah. you know, you sure you don't want to be a firefighter? I mean, they get all the credit. They get the, they get to hold puppies and stuff like that. And, you know. And nobody hates us usually. Yeah, but everybody hates cops. And that's, that's for damn with, sure. With, with reason. Yeah. 
Sometimes mm-hmm. firefighters hate cops too. Yeah, isn't yeah. there like yeah. a rivalry with cops and firefighters, or is that just a TV and movie trope? Depends on where you're at and what's going on. Yeah, and that's more of a one way. Cops hate the firefighters and the, for and the paramedics for taking over scenes. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah, we, 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 other way. I mean, there have been cases where cops have actually arrested firefighters because they tell me you can't do that and like, fuck you, I can do whatever I want. I own this area. Mm. And cops will arrest them. Mm. Hmm. Seems helpful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here trying but, to save people and structures and shit. Like, get the fuck out of my way. Yep. No, I'm going to arrest you. Yeah, it's happened. Yeah. There's, there's, there's one famous video where the guy drove. Don't question my authority. Where the, the cop kept trying to get the chief to move his vehicle. And the chief said, I'm not moving my vehicle. We need to, this guy needs CPR now. Mm-hmm. And the guy kept saying, no, you move your car, I'm arresting you. And the fucking cop arrested the cop, uh, the firefighter because he wouldn't move the car. Because <laughs> that, well, like Matt said, that's helpful. Yeah. yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do a lot to improve things. So what changed your mind on that? On becoming a cop? Yeah. Um, actually, that's a pretty good question. I think mostly it was the, the barrier to entry to get into college to follow up on Endpost. Mm-hmm. And go through the academy. the The money kind of dried up. I was paying for it one class at a time, and just decided instead to uh, follow up on getting into the trades instead. Mm-hmm. So first, I did a year in concrete, and then when that job went under, that particular company went mm-hmm. under. I was thinking, everybody I talked to on the job said, don't do concrete. You don't want to do this when you're my age. Yeah, that's a terrible Labor. job when you're, yeah. when you're older, yeah. Yeah, packing rebar and all that stuff. Yeah. Just, just a year's worth with working with a good company that took care of its employees was enough of an education. Yeah. So instead, I was talking to other trades that I saw on God the job. God bless you, Ryan. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I, hit, I hit my mute button. <laughs> I, I think we might have still been able to hear that. That's fine. <laughs> So, um, I was talking to all the guys on the job and they said, become either a plumber or an electrician (laughs) because in terms of wage for the work that you actually do, those are the two best ratios. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as I started looking around, I thought, uh, I'll go to electrical. I'll apply to the company that did like the, the instrumentation work on, I built water tanks, residential water tanks, like you see around here. So I was on one of those and there was a guy from the company who was doing the electrical work on that, doing the instrumentation. I talked to him, said, what can I do to get in? And he was a non-union outfit. Mm. I learned about the union about the same time. The non-union guy said, we can get you in maybe in like three weeks, come come back to us. Mm. The union could get me started right away. Mm. So I just started on with them and I was kind of on the fence about which way to go. And it wasn't until I started to do some math about the wages yeah, uh, that I decided union was a much better way to go. You know, by the time I become a journeyman, I'll be making twice what I'm making non-union. So I thought that was a good way to go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So are, so do you have your journeyman Not quite. stuff? Not quite. I'm a, I'm a third year apprentice. I'm about to finish the third year, then I can test out and get my journeyman license in one more year, two more okay. semesters. Yeah. Uh, through the union program, we actually have a five-year program instead of four, which is what they typically do through like Salt Lake Community College. It's a four-year program. Mine is a five-year and we cover a lot more topics, a lot more in depth. We actually even include some of the stuff that's on the engineering side, which can seem 
when you're taking the class, it feels ridiculous. Like, why are we learning this? We're never going to deal with this stuff. But it's still better to understand the theory behind what we're learning so that we can be better electricians on the job. Mm. Hmm. Sure. Unless you want a military contract, then you just don't need to know shit. Like the guys <laughs> that just did all of our HVAC for us. Mm. Yeah. Were they terrible? It doesn't work. Oh, well, uh, it's a good the use of government funds. Yep. And we told them, well, the guy told the people that were the engineers, mm-hmm. said, this system won't work in here. Nice. And he was right. It doesn't work. And the engineers came in and were really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. So you became disaffected with the church, decided you weren't going to go anymore. Well, um, but were you ever a true believing Mormon at any point? Oh, you like, have no idea. So, like, when you were younger, you were hardcore. Absolutely. Like, when I was in ninth grade, I was at the top of my game. Okay. You know, there were whisperings that I might be prophets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's how hardcore I was into it. Joseph Smith is in in him. (laughs) (laughs) When it came time that we were studying Revelations in the Bible, I actually taught the class to seminary about Revelations. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah, I, I was pretty hardcore into it. It was the, it was how I defined my social life. It was how I was involved with my neighborhood and everything. And things started to change when I actually got into high school. Um, not only was the entire hierarchy flipped over because when you go from, you know, junior high to high school, everything resets. Yeah. Then you're low man on the totem pole. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Sophomore. Mm-hmm. Here in Utah, we we do... Three-year yeah, junior it's, it's, high and three-year high school. It's not a four-year high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you so you enter junior high. Junior high here is 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. High school is 10th, 11th, and 12th. Where I'm used to 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th right. high school. Yeah. yeah. Oh, where was that again? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay. So. Okay. Well, yeah, when, when I entered into high school for, for 10th grade, the whole social totem pole reset. Mm. I lost a lot of my friends and it was kind of starting over at the bottom. And at the same time, I was put in a different ward. So okay. that whole social so situation was flipped too. You were doubly starting over. Pretty much. Pretty much. So that's when I started to, you know, become a rebellious teenager and decided, you know, I don't want to go to church anymore. Fuck this. This is, this is stupid. Well, I can drive now, kind of. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of getting there. Do my own thing. I'm more independent now. <laughs> yeah. And it's. The the only reason why I guess I could even say I'm here right now is that 10 years down the line after dealing with being dealing with the Mo, the Mormon programming, let's put it that way, the Mormon programming, I came across something online that said you should probably try to deprogram yourself. So that's what I decided to do. Um coincidentally, maybe actually ironically would be the correct use of the word. Ironically, it was because of something that my mom had said. My mom said, you probably ought not to believe all the stuff that you read on the internet. (laughs) She's absolutely right. I mean, that's some good advice. She is correct, but she was specifically talking about church stuff. Anti-church materials. Mm -hmm. She didn't know the Book of Mormon is also available on the internet. Oh, really? <laughs> I imagine it is. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, you know, sales would dive if they, if they couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, true. Anyway, what I decided to do is uh, just do a quick search for books that talked about the Mormon religion and, and, and the culture and whatnot, and came across a book by Luna Lindsay called Recovering Agency, Lifting the Veil on Mormon Mind Control. 
And that's actually the book that I reached out to you about mm. a couple episodes back. Mm. Um, and after reading that, I started to read philosophy. I read a book about self-hate and compassion. I've gotten into... How are you at the self-hate? You learn how to do it pretty well? It's been... Because <laughs> if not, I can, I can give you some pointers. That, I, I was quite the expert. Ago, yeah. I was quite the expert for okay. yeah, a long time. I still struggle with it. Um, that book helped, actually. Um, nice. So... Uh, Sorry, my throwing train of you thought. off. That's that's okay. Um, you were reading stuff. Luna's book, right? Yeah, right. So other books that I've picked up that are sitting on my shelf right mm -hmm. now are Alpha God, mm -hmm. Sex Power and Partisanship, two excellent books. Mm -hmm. And I just picked up a copy of The Founding Myth by Andrew Seidel. Which is about... Oh, I haven't gotten that one yet. We need to get yeah. him on the show to talk about that, actually. Yeah, that, yeah he'd be good. He's yeah. been making the circuit, yeah. as it were. <laughs> yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, I imagine. Um, so, I've been meaning to read that. I kind of read the first few pages. Looks really, really interesting. Is, is that one about, like, the founding of the country or founding it's, of religions? It's, it's, about, it's about basically dismantling all of the myths around the Constitution and the framers okay. and debunking ridiculous fucking arguments that are offered by people like David Barton. Okay. Specifically whether or not we were founded on Judeo-Christian ah, principles. Yeah. yeah. Because that's always been the fallback position. Mm -hmm. And so the book basically just tries to dispel that kind of nonsense. Yeah. It sounds interesting, and we definitely should get him on the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you're reading that. Uh, I, I got off track a little bit about what we were talking about. So you... Where LDS decided that you didn't want to do that anymore, you were a little rebellious, decided you were going to stop going to church. Your mom talked to you, said, hey, don't read anti-church <laughs> materials. Uh -huh. And so you picked up that the book that you're talking about. Right. Um, was it that book? Was it that? <laughs> was it that book alone that that you decided, OK, this is this is it. I'm done. Or what? What broke your shelf? Um. Actually, that's a pretty good question. Pretty good. Well, man. there's – I mean, I know that, you know, whenever you ask somebody, you know, when when did you decide that you were an atheist or what, you know, what what was the one thing that you were like, okay, I can't do it anymore? And, and there are very few people that I've ever spoken with. They're like, oh, it was this one thing right here that I can point to. This was it for me. That, that made me become an atheist. Usually for most people, it's this – a steady crack. Steady progression yeah. Yeah. away from mm -hmm. religious thought and, and toward more independent free thinking and, and okay. examining the world around them a little bit more instead of only relying with, on what they're hearing from their ecclesiastical leaders or what they're hearing at church. It's it's this steady progression of things that just kind of snowball to one day they're just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Like, yeah. It just mm -hmm. it just kind of worked its way out like a bullet fragment. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I was going to say, too, a lot of people uh, kind of come to the atheist side through like people like Hitchens. Mm -hmm. But it sounded like you didn't exactly know Hitchens work. No, no. I mean, so it's, that's a little different yeah. sometimes. I will say that I've not read a lot of the same books that I, I know are on the atheist reading mm -hmm. list. You know, I've not read Dawkins. I've not read Hitchens. Yeah. I've not read um like sam harris yeah I sam guess. harris or Tennant, any yeah. of the um, yeah. yeah i guess if you want to point to one particular thing it would be this book oh yeah because in the opening in her introduction she's telling her exit story 
um, the when the moment when she realized that she was an atheist was when she was uh, contemplating AI. Okay. And if AI ever got so sophisticated that they understood things that they couldn't communicate to us, what would they use to try to inform us about what it is that they're thinking about? And she just realized, I'm describing God. Mm-hmm. You know, so she decided that she was an atheist. And I guess through kind of like, uh, what do you call it? Living through vicariously, vicariously, mm-hmm. I kind of grasped that same concept and thought, you know, yeah, she's got a good point. And I just thought, you know, at, at that moment, there was a relief, a flood of, of relief that went through me that just, you know, I'm never going to have to meet God. I'm never going to have to answer for the things that I've done. Not that I've made a shitload of mistakes in my life to answer for, but the things that I've held against myself for years, all the little things that have stacked up since I started counting when I was in 12, in sixth grade, since which, I was 12 is when I've started counting these things. Yeah, which the Mormons like to use against you. Absolutely. <laughs> So ever since I've started counting these things and I've got this massive running list of this, there is this receipt that I'm going to have to cash in someday to realize that I'm not going to have to do that. It just, it all went away, mm-hmm. you know, and it all, I just, I immediately felt relief. All that anxiety that's built up all over, over yeah. all of those years just mm-hmm. washes away and you're like, oh. And that's well, the closest. I don't have to worry about God watching me poop. Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I imagine you probably connected with her book more mm-hmm. than atheist philosophers because they didn't come from a Mormonism side of it, where she came mm-hmm. from being a Mormon, mm-hmm. and this is her. She was speaking. I am language. leaving. Yeah, so yeah, she absolutely. had a, that same backstory. Absolutely. So, and that's the closest I've had to a spiritual experience <laughs> since I left the church. Hi, this is Thomas Westbrook, and I have a YouTube channel called Holy Kool-Aid, where I take topics and I break them down in five or ten minute videos, trying to give a laser-focused perspective on religion, philosophy, and science. And you are listening to the Godless Revolution Podcast. The question is, is to, to Christopher is, how you can justify why you take something away from people from 95, that gives meaning to 95% of the American people and replace it with something that gives meaning to just 5% of the American people? Ha! Well, um, what an incredibly stupid question. Um, <laughs> uh, first, first, I've said repeatedly that this stuff cannot be taken away from people. It is their favorite toy and it will remain so... <laughs> As, lo- as Freud said, in the future of an illusion, it will remain that way as long as we're afraid of death and have no problem, which is, I think, likely to be quite a long time. Second, I hope I've made it clear <clears throat> that I'm perfectly happy for people to, to have these toys and to play with them at home and hug them to themselves and so on and share them with other people who come around and play with the toys. So that's absolutely fine. They are not to make me play with these toys. Okay? I will not play with the toys. Don't bring the toys to my house. Don't say, my children must play with these toys. Don't say, my toys might be a condom. Here we go again. I'm not allowed by their toys. I'm not going to have any of that. Enough with clerical and religious bullying and intimidation. Is that finally clear? Have I got that across? Thank you. 
Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. So you, you've mentioned a couple times that you have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Were you – have you been aware of, of – are you, are you, how do you identify? Do you identify as gay, as bisexual? As gay, I guess. As gay? Okay. Mm-hmm. So have you – at what point did you realize you were gay, I guess? Um, I probably came to that realization about 10 years ago also. Mm. Um, I was kind of getting curious about things when I was in college. And at some point, I actually just looked up the definition. What does it mean to be gay? What is that? What does that mean? Mm. And when I realized I actually fit the bill, like, you know, you, you have feelings for or you have you enjoy intimate connection with people of the same sex. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, that makes sense. You know, I just, it just, it fit the definition. So once I realized that, um, I real I, it, it kind of reframed everything that I was looking at in terms of the friends that I had growing up and the friends that I was interested in at that time. And, uh, but I, it took me a long time to get to the point that I'm at. Like I say, this happened 10 years ago when I had this realization, but I've been dealing with a lot of denial and a lot of internalized homophobia the whole past decade. Was, is that because of your upbringing or? Yes. What did, did you experience a lot of homophobic or homophobia from your parents at all growing up? Mm, I wouldn't say that. No, it's not as if I was uh, directly exposed to it. It was more so just that that's the culture. That's yeah, kind of yeah. the 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 way that, you know, being gay is a choice, you know, that according to them, being mm-hmm. gay is a choice and choosing something other than what you're supposed to be is not OK. And so Heavenly Father has a plan for you, Tyson. Uh-huh. <laughs> God, that, that creepy voice. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to trigger you or anything there. That's okay. That's okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just it's taken me a lot to get to this point to where I'm not only, I mean, shit, I was lying to my coworkers about having a boyfriend as late as six months ago. Oh wow! Because I was still afraid that it was going to paint a target on my back. Mm-hmm. You know. Because in the construction industry, I'm oh, sure yeah. you understand oh, yeah. this completely. Just hearing people very homophobic, lace jokes everywhere. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's just, it's part of American culture as well. Uh, you know, as early as middle school, like the worst thing that you can be is gay. Mm-hmm. Because that in and of itself is a pejorative. It's, it's, yeah. So dealing with all of that, 29 years worth of just subliminal homophobia was enough to make me question and deny and pretend that it wasn't happening and it's not until i've started to read books and really ask myself some tough questions and think for yourself instead of Mm -hmm. allowing others to tell you what to think right and like i say you know looking up definitions yeah and you know i guess trying to give myself a little bit of self-help giving myself a little bit of room to explore be okay with it and realize that everything that's been holding me back primarily has been a lie. Yeah. So I guess that's where we're at. But as, <laughs> as, uh, as, yeah, as, as close, as recent as six months ago, I was still lying to my coworkers. Now I'm at a point where I mentioned in my email a little while ago mm. 
that my hard hat has a rainbow sticker on it. Nice. You That's know? awesome. So you you so how long have you been in your current position now as far as work goes? Uh three and a half years I've been doing electrical. And how long you said it's been about ten years that you've identified as gay? Or ish. is that ish? Ish. I mean I guess like I say, I was just kind of exploring and I figured out that I fit the definition, but uh, as far as like this is my label. I would say that might have been <laughs> about a year or two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it, like, it's just, a, it's a sliding spectrum. It's a, it's a progression. Right. Right. Um, so once you, once you started exploring, once you started thinking for yourself, um, did you, ha, I, I'm wondering how this has affected your, your family life and, and familial relations. Uh, I know you said that, you know, once you transition from junior high into high school, of course, there's a big step. And then as you change jobs, there's another as you go to school and everything. There's there's a lot of transition, a lot of change going on in your life at that point. Yeah. Um, and, and you said that you kind of stopped going to church. When did you or or have you even talked to your parents and said, you know, I'm I'm not going to church anymore and here's why. And I'm gay and like how how has that all transpired when and what came first i'm guessing of course okay. the church thing came yeah. first sure, you sure. weren't gonna go uh i'll, I'll kind of give you a, a broad timeline okay so 2008 is when i graduated hmm. 2009 was when i was supposed to go on a mission didn't happen went to college instead 2010 i came home that was about the time that i had started to think that i could be gay you know and was kind of asking those questions. Um, 2010 to 2015, I worked for Walmart. Mm. and I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it, was, <laughs> it was fucking awful. I was a department manager, too, for a year and a half of that. So for that brief time, I was doing triple the work of anybody in the store for $11 an hour. Awesome. So I, I pity anybody who works at Walmart and mm -hmm. I hope that you find something better because there's <laughs> something better out there, especially in the trades, if you're willing to do the work. Um, so while I was at Walmart, there was actually another guy who approached me. I had a profile on Match.com at the time and he approached me and said, hey, this is you, isn't it? And we started going out for a little bit. Then that relationship only lasted two months. Before my parents caught on, you know, I was still living at home at the time, mm -hmm. didn't have a lot of choice. So a couple times that he came over, they started asking me questions. What's the deal? Why is he sitting so close to you on the couch? So you and your friends seem pretty close. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Like, this is how you play video games, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we were doing, actually. <laughs> Playing Uncharted 2. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. That led to an interrogation, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. This was about 2013. They asked me what was going on, and I am a terrible liar. So I just said, I think I'm gay, and this is my boyfriend. Not that he was there at the time, but I, you know, I, I just said, I think that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. And they didn't take it well. A Mormon family not taking it well that their child is gay? The hell you say? I know. I know. So what was their reaction? What? How did that all shake out? Mom cried so much that her eyes were swollen shut. Oh, jeez. 
dad didn't care so much because he was able to deny it and block it for the most part until my mom couldn't work anymore and then said, give me your keys or break up with him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Wait, so, uh, I'm sorry. I got lost. So your mom couldn't work anymore? My mom's eyes were swollen shut and she couldn't work anymore. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, she, yeah, she has a few different jobs at the time. They're, you know, they're, I guess they're still in that position really. But after missing a few days of work because she'd just been crying so much that she couldn't see, my dad said, you're either going to break up with him or you're going to give me your keys right now. Keys to the house? Or keys, to the house. Or, oh, like, keys to the house. Keys to the house. On the street. You're, you're out. Fuck. So, God damn it. I, fuck, I fucking hate that. I, I'm so sorry that happened. I, it just makes me so fucking mad that the whole, I mean, the one of the core things about the LDS religion is that families are forever, right? That's, that's the whole fucking selling point of the yeah. LDS church is that you get to be with your family who you love and adore forever and ever. And Heavenly Father will watch out for you, amen. Until you're gay, and then we're going to fucking boot you out of the family, because mm -hmm. then we're going to keep our family together, but now you can't be part of our family anymore, because you can't get into the celestial kingdom, you can't enjoy all of the words that God is going to rain down upon us, because we're the most pious fucking religion in the world. So, because you can't celebrate and, and take part in those things, well, now I guess you're no longer a member of our fucking family. Because how would that look to everybody else? I'm makes me so fucking mad. I'm sorry, man. That sucks. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I appreciate that you hold that position. <laughs> I think I've told you that before. Yeah. You I know? just, it, it, I just, I can't understand the mindset of somebody who would disown their own fucking kid yeah. because of something that some jackass for behind the pulpit but, says to them. Yeah. But for any reason. This, yeah, yeah. 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 It just, it blows my fucking mind. The weird thing to me is that it's not even like established somewhere in Mormon doctrine. That that's how you're supposed to feel. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, yeah. I, I don't get it. Yeah. But that's beside the point. What, what, what came next is that I had to make that choice mm -hmm. because I was still living at home and because it was family, I thought, I don't really have a choice. You don't have a whole lot of options. I, I, mean, I got to break up with this guy. And that's just it too, is that they're then fucking telling you that you have to lie about who you are. Yeah. We're, we're going to raise you your entire life to tell the truth, to be righteous, to be good, to be kind, to do all of these things. And then as soon as you say something that we don't like or don't understand, then you have to fucking lie about it because it's really upsetting to be through extortion. Yeah. yeah. That's so fucking wrong. Yeah. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so dad says you've got to break up with him or give me the keys. Yeah. And you have very limited options there. So, yeah, so, so I made the pretty ob obvious choice, even though it, it broke my heart to do it. Um, I, I had to break up with him. Mm. Um, and he was still a coworker. You know, mm -hmm. I still saw him at work, which is unfortunate. So um, in your dad's mind or in your parents' mind, mm -hmm. is it that if you don't have an, if you don't actively have a boyfriend, well then obviously you're not gay anymore. Like, like, is that how that works? I think that's kind of what they thought because well, be, well, your boyfriend is just a bad influence on you, and if you didn't have this gay boyfriend, well, then you as, wouldn't be gay as long as you're not acting on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so, not gay. Your boyfriend is gay. <laughs> well, in in the worldview that it's a choice yeah. and that it's based on outside influences, then that would make logical sense. Yeah, you know, but only with inside that 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 little that, that very yeah, tiny that narrow yeah. view. Yeah. So, um. Fuck, I forgot where I was going with that. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I keep derailing you because I get you had, a little you had a, and... you had a breakup with Walmart boyfriend. Right. So I had to break <laughs> up with him. Then a couple years went by. I got fed up with Walmart, decided I'm out of here, and uh, did the concrete work. Mm-hmm. So that was good work. I enjoyed it, you know, for the time that I was there. Decided to become an electrician, join the union. During that time, I actually, I met a gal who lived out in California. So I guess maybe you could say I'm bi. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I dated a girl out of California. That relationship turned out to be a disaster. Because um, you're not into her. No. <laughs> well, there was a lot of factors involved. Okay. <laughs> a lot of factors. But, um, yeah, I met my current boyfriend, uh, Brad, about a year and a half ago. Um, I was working down in St. George at the time on the new hospital down there that they have in about the center, maybe not the center of the city, but just off I-15. They've got the new IHC there. So at the, I met him, uh, through an app up here while I was going to school. Then we hooked up for a little bit and he would come down and visit me on the holidays and I'd visit him when I was up here at school. And... We weren't quite ready to move in together for a long time because I thought, you know, you know, I was still fighting it for for yeah. a lot a lot of it. You know, I was just still fighting a lot of it. So it wasn't until I had moved back up to Salt Lake, started reading some books, I got it, moved out of my parents' house finally, uh, officially done, one hundred percent. I moved into a little place in Draper, and uh, then moved in with him this past January. Fast forward another few months, we bought a house in Harriman. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. <laughs> now you're adopting babies from Zimbabwe. We're not there yet. Oh. Well, so what is your <laughs> what is your relationship with your parents like now? I mean, I'm guessing that they know that you have a boyfriend that you're living yes. with. And yes. how, how, how did that all, how did you break the news to them about that? And how did they take it? And, and how are things now? Things. Did you just dangle... You have to say, this is my key, Dad. Yeah, come and take, take this, this key, motherfucker. I should have. That actually would have been pretty good. Um, actually, surprisingly, things are much, much better. Yeah, that's good. Um, when I, they, I think when I was dating the gal, that's what they wanted. So mm-hmm. they didn't really care that much. But when I d- was dating the guy again, I, I still lied to them quite a bit about what was happening. Because I didn't really want them to know. Um, and I was, well, after I moved... Uh, back from St. George, I was down there for about 14 months and I had to move back in with my folks because I couldn't find a place fast yeah. enough. In the construction in- industry, everything moves really quick. I get a call on Thursday, says, hey, we need you back up at Salt Lake on Monday. Mm. So I had nowhere to go. I had no time to line up housing. So I had to move back in with my parents and I'm dating this guy that I'm crazy about, <laughs> but I can't tell my folks. Mm. So I'm spending whole weekends down where he lives in Pleasant Grove. And they just don't ask. They don't ask where I'm at. They they just if I, if we don't ask, then you don't tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you th- yeah, I was gonna say, do you think that was a conscious decision on their part? That like I don't know. I, I'm not gonna ask him any questions because I might not like the answer. So if I just <laughs> ignore it, then I won't know, and I can pretend to think whatever I want about it. He's just he's he's going on retreats, and he's. Hiking up in the mountains and reading the Book of Mormon and reflecting on <laughs> what an awesome prophet Joseph Smith was and how great our God is. That That's probably pretty damn close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after being there for a few months, this was just last July, 
um, I decided uh, that it was time to come out. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't quit lying about this. This, this is eating me up inside. Mm. I can't supposedly love these people and not tell them everything. So I just decided, you know what? Uh, it's time to tell them. Mm. So I, I told them about Brad and I had, had a plan to move to Draper. And, um, it's, I haven't actually come out to the closet of them about being an atheist. Mm. I feel like that's crossing a line. I haven't <laughs> told them about my resignation from the church. Um, do you take that off the wall when they come over? Oh, they haven't come over yet. Oh. It's been two months I've been in this new house and they haven't come over yet. Wow. Mm. Um, so this is all really still fresh and raw. And yeah. 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 So, so you said last July you guys – or no, you said last July is when you told them? That's when I actually told my mom, yes. So how did how did that all go down? Like did you say – did you call up and say, hey, mom and dad, uh, we need to have a talk or how did it how did it come about? I was still living at home at the time. So my mom's in the next room and I just said, mom, we got to talk for a minute. I need to let you know I'm dating a guy again. Uh, He's really cool. I hope that you'll like him. I hope that you can meet him someday. Take some time off work for your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And she, um, she actually took it really, really well. Oh, wow. I mean, not like she's super supportive, but the fact that she didn't ball her eyes out or, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't whatever draw a hot poker from the fire it was it was a step yeah in the right direction to have her say you know i don't like it but it's your life and you're an adult and that's what's going to happen so and that was when she actually told me you shouldn't read everything believe everything you read on the internet that's when i found the book and that's yeah what's brought us here oh wow Hmm. and so you, you said, Mom, I need to talk to you. Did you talk to both of your parents at the same time? Or did you figure, I'll talk to Mom and she'll let Dad know? Or how did how did that play out? I told Mom, didn't want to tell Dad. On yeah. both my, it was both my idea and my mom's advisement, don't tell Dad. And I didn't tell him until after I moved out. Um, But like I say, things Because then are... he can't take your keys away. <laughs> exactly. Or he can, but it doesn't matter because you've got somewhere else to go. Exactly. So I made a plan to get out of the house first. And once I had those steps in place, I was like, time to, time to pull the trigger. Yeah. So. And so did you, did you tell your father directly or did your mom talk to him or how did that go? Um, I told him directly and he was not, he's like super supportive about it either. But again, you know, there was no, no pokers drawn, no, no threats, nothing like that. So. Well, I'm just a little disappointed, Tyson. Yeah, God, I hate that word. <laughs> our, our Heavenly Father has a plan for you, and this is, I think, not working toward his plan and, and your, your eternal progression toward, toward the celestial kingdom. Do these mics pick up eye rolls? Because I'm rolling <laughs> really, really hard. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we are is that I've, I've come out to both of them. I've since they've, they've even Brad's even met my grandparents. Oh, nice! You know, and they're pretty clear too. You know, we we don't really approve, but <laughs> they are. They're still, you know, but not hey, going to. You're like, our grandson. Exactly. They're not going to kick me out of the family or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I actually probably have a cousin to thank for that because he was the first one in our family to come out of the closet, and he mm. was only 14 at the time. Oh wow. Mm. Um, I can't speak to his experience as to what he went through with my uncle and aunt uh, or any of his siblings, 
but I only discovered that he was gay like last, that was actually last July also. My grandpa's 80th birthday was last July. So we had the whole family over uh, specifically because he wanted, and I shouldn't even tell this story. I don't want to <laughs> slander my poor grandfather. I, I, I still love the guy. But he made it very clear that the purpose of getting all the family together was because he'd had a vision. Uh. He had been taking a nap in the garden one day, and he said that he died and saw heaven. Mm -hmm. And he wanted the whole family to be aware that he was going to leave very soon and that we should all come together and blah, blah, blah. I'm old and there's wolves after me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I love my grandpa, but... You know, I mean, that that was upsetting. Yeah, that was upsetting to to think. And and it just it re-triggered everything because, you know, who am I? What do I know? Mm -hmm. Is is family important? Is family connection more important than the things that I've learned and come to decide for myself? It's I guess you could say it's the appeal to authority fallacy mm. because he's my grandpa and I've looked up to him for my entire life. So to have him say, I know the church is true and I've had a vision. Should I take, how much should I believe in that? Yeah. How much respect and weight should I give it? And I've just had to come to the, the harsh conclusion that, you know, I'm sorry, grandpa, but you, what, what's true for you is not true for me. And that's how it is. Your personal experience as an elderly person waking Perhaps from a dream, perhaps, and saying that you had a vision. That's a little, you're on shaky ground there, Grandpa. Yeah. Like, I appreciate the fact that you believe that you've had this experience and this is what you believe about it. But, you know, anecdotal evidence from one person's personal experience of the ether and the unknown and God and whatever is just not convincing yeah. for me personally like maybe if god wants me to return to the church he'll 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 make me have the same fever dream that you had one sunny afternoon after a nap so i've had some crazy nap dreams <laughs> if, any, if i'm a prophet things are fucked yeah i agree <laughs> <laughs> well you had mentioned that you had just recently also put uh, a gay pride sticker or yeah. the flag on mm -hmm. your your hard hat Mm -hmm. Have you done any more than that at work? Have you told like you got any people, anybody that you actually like could feel comfortable with there saying, "Hey, I am gay," so like maybe lay off some of those fucked up jokes. I haven't called anybody on their bullshit like that. Okay, because it's not been very direct. Yeah, you know, if if I'm ever in a position where somebody is telling shitty jokes that are specifically derogatory and a problem for me, then I will pipe up. Okay. But it's actually been surprisingly good since I came out. I mean, this past month was Pride yeah. in, in June. Yep. And after watching the Pride Parade and uh, learning a little bit more about like Stonewall history and stuff like that, I decided, you know what, I need to be more visible. You know, I'm 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 hiding at the job too. I'm I'm still afraid to be out. I'm afraid to tell people my story and to own who I am. Hmm. So I thought, you know, I, I'm going to put the sticker on. And I wore the uh, pride bracelet as well, just mm -hmm. for the month of June. But the sticker's pretty goddamn permanent. <laughs> so I was, I was really, really worried in that first week that I put it on that there was going to be backlash, that I would get 
odd looks or maybe people coming up to me and, you know, oh, what, you some kind of fag or some shit? And God damn it. I hate that word too. <laughs> if, uh, in that instance, I was ready to fight. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was kind of amped up on adrenaline for that first week because I just thought, you know, come on, motherfucker, bring it. Just waiting for it. To yeah. Happen. Who's yeah. going to approach me and call me a fag and who do I yeah. got a deck in the throat, you know? Yeah. And it never happened. It never happened. In fact, since, I mean, actually I met this guy before then, but I've met the only other out gay electrician in my local guy named Sam. I won't give his last name, but a guy named Sam who, uh, he's about 10 years ahead of me in the trade. He was going through, I think he graduated, journeyed out about 08 is when he came out or so. Um, and he's been through a hell of a lot more than I have. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had to do, he had to do the fights, you know, he had to stand up to guys. And the fact that I don't have to, you know, I mean, I feel like there's, I don't know, it's some amount of gratitude that I should have for that because well, I, I mm. paved the way for you. So, mm-hmm. well, and how shitty is it that, that we even have to have this conversation, right? Yeah, like, yeah. well, how did you tell your parents about the person that you fucking love? Like, that's, that's a ridiculous thing that you would ever have to ask somebody, right? Like. I don't, I, it just, I don't know. It, it, it seems so weird to me that we have to have these discussions about, well, how did people react when you told them yeah. about who you are? Yeah. How did, <laughs> how did your parents respond to, to finding out who you are? That just, you know what I mean? Like wild. it's a yeah. weird and, thing. And, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I can, I, I can, you know, feel bad and, and imagine having to be in those, those situations, but it's still just really fucking weird to me. That rather than you just as a person loving who you love, doing whatever you want to do in your life, isn't normalized. What's normalized is that we have to have a discussion about it. We have to have a discussion about who you love and why you love them. Like it's it's not enough that you just love and care about somebody and they they love and care about you in return and that and that that's great. Mm-hmm. That love is is a great thing. It's not a it's not a finite resource. It's I'm, I'm gonna slip into my my wedding spiel that I that I do when I when I'm wedding people, but okay. you know, love is not a finite resource. You don't you don't run out of it. You can't spread it too thin that you don't have enough love to go around, right? It's something hmm. that multiplies. The more that you have, the more that you give, the more that you get. It's 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 an endless, bountiful supply of love that you can have and put out into the world, and and it just kills me that we have to have just you know we have to have a chat, we have to have a talk, mom and dad, I have to have a talk with you about who I am and who I love because you may be upset about somebody that I love. Like that's, that, that is ridiculous when what we should be having is a discussion about the people that your parents would hate because of who those other people love. Right. That's, Mm. that's the discussion that we should have is why are you so hateful toward people that you know nothing about Mm -hmm. and who are harming nobody else? That's where the shame should be. Right. That's where the shame should lie. You shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to feel like you have to be in the closet or, or, or hide from people or not be able to tell people who you really are. The people who are shitty people like that are the ones who should be ashamed of everything mm-hmm. and the ones who should have to account for and have a talk with somebody like, I need to sit down and have a talk with you because, well, I really hate this person because this and this. And like, they should mm-hmm. be worried about having to get in fights about what people yeah. are going to say. And the social you repercussions know, yeah, about exactly. their shitty fucking views. Yeah. That's what should happen. Yeah, and that's what should happen. It's weird to me that we're in this. It's all backward. flipped over backward upside down world where 
you can't just be who you are because shitty fucking assholes are going to let you know that they're shitty fucking assholes about it. Yeah. I mean, we know this world's upside down when we got a president that, that condones uh, neo-Nazis, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in the upside down right now. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I need to take a little break, so mm. we'll be back with more with more chats with Tyson after this. This is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God and Sex, Power, and Partisanship, and you are listening to Godless Revolution. And so what concerns me now is, even if you're as brilliant as Newton, you reach a point where you start basking in the majesty of God, and then your discovery stops. It just stops. You're kind of no good anymore for advancing that frontier, waiting for somebody else to come behind you who doesn't have God on the brain, and who says, that's a really cool problem, I want to solve it. They come in and solve it. But look at the time delay. This was a hundred year time delay. And the math that's in perturbation theory is like crumbs for Newton. He could have come up with that. The guy invented calculus just on a dare, practically. When someone asked him, what, what, you know, you know, Ike, how come planets orbit in ellipses and not some other shape? And he couldn't answer that. He goes home for two months, comes back, out comes integral differential calculus because he needed that to answer that, to answer that question. And so, so this, is, this is the kind of mind we were dealing with with Newton. He could have gone there, but he didn't. He didn't. His religiosity stopped him. And so we're left with the, real, the, the realization, of course, that intelligent design, while real in the history of science, while real in the presence of sort of philosophical drivers, is nonetheless a philosophy of ignorance. And so, regardless of what our political agenda is, all you have to say is, science is a philosophy of discovery, intelligent design is a philosophy of ignorance. That's all. I don't need to see whether, I don't need, have you discovered anything lately? If not, get out of the science classroom. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Okay, so we've talked about you leaving the LDS church, about getting a place with your boyfriend, mm-hmm. talking to your parents about both situations, about both having a boyfriend and, and leaving the church. Uh, well, actually, you said that you haven't really come out to them as an atheist yet, right? And it, and yeah. it's interesting to me, anyway, that it's that it may seem now these days more acceptable to come out as a member of the LGBTQIA community in versus coming out as an atheist to people who are very religious, right? Like mm-hmm. there's 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 a bit of happy news that. <laughs> You know, being non cis hetero is now more acceptable, and that's great news. Mm-hmm. But it also is interesting to me that that is now more acceptable for a lot of people than not believing in some invisible sky pig. <laughs> 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 right. So you haven't. So you haven't had that discussion with your parents. I mean, I'm guessing that they know you don't go to church anymore. For sure, because that process started about the same time I graduated from high school. Okay. So that, that, that's been a long time in the works. But as far as using the A word specifically, no, I, I, I haven't come out to them about it. I haven't even told them that I've resigned from the church. Mm. Um, 
kind of interesting that my brother actually, when I told him that I specifically resigned from the church, I, you know, I, I don't remember even exactly how that conversation happened, but I told him about it. And I get a text out of the blue about, I don't know, maybe two months ago saying, don't tell mom and dad. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why he has like some kind of stake in it, uh, why, why he's concerned and why he's passionate about it. But in his mind, that's still a bridge too far. Or is he, had he done that already? Like told them that he left and it didn't go very well? As far as they're concerned, he's still active and going. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, you know, he still nice. wears the he wears the temple garments and everything. He I <laughs> uh, shouldn't tell this story either. <laughs> did your brother serve a mission? He did. Oh. Yeah, he he served in uh, somewhere in the Midwest, Kansas, Missouri, oh. I believe. Um, and he got a tattoo sometime within the past <gasps> three months or so. Oh no! It's it's a lighthouse on his right bicep, and oh. he intentionally wears shirts that cover it when he's around my parents <laughs> because he's mortified. Like you have no idea. How old is he? He's two years younger than I am. So he'd yeah. be 20, 26 or 27. Yeah. About well, guess now. what? You guys are taking a family vacation to the Caribbean with plenty of scuba diving next year. <laughs> mm -hmm. Are we? Well, yeah, I figured it's a place where you'd be swimming with no shirt on. Oh yeah. Yeah. We were thinking about taking a family vacation to Mexico and at that point, yeah, he's going to have to tell them about the tattoo. They're going to see just, the lighthouse on his shoulder and be like, son, what's that? And he's like, I can't take my shirt off. God, what is mad. What is the no. lighthouse significance for uh, him? To him, they represent guidance. Oh, okay. okay. And uh, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, 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 as far as what he's told me about it, that's what it means to him. Yeah. So he, he likes lighthouses. Yeah. He's hmm. got one on his, on his car and stuff like that. Hmm. Hmm. So... But yeah, he's he's absolutely mortified to tell my parents about it. He will not tell them because he's just, if there was one line you didn't cross when I was living at home, getting a piercing or getting a tattoo. Really? Mm-hmm. You don't have either? Do you have piercings or tattoos? I do not. I've no? thought about getting a tattoo, but I hate needles. Yeah. It's not that bad. Well, you're all covered in ink, and <laughs> them are some good-looking tattoos, Thank by you. the way. It's just like, you know, hours long. Uh, I mean, long, I also got my nipple pierced, too. Like, like it just, it, it, it's like being stung by bees for hours at a time. That sounds so unpleasant. <laughs> so unpleasant. See, I, I don't go with that. It's more, more like, like uh, getting bitten by spiders. I was going to say, it's more like road rash. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more like if someone took a piece of sandpaper and like rubbed it across really fast. Uh -huh. Like a sunburn. Uh -huh. That's kind of what it feels like. Except it lasts for hours and hours. <clears throat> like it's like rubbing sandpaper across yeah. your arm for however I mean, long they're doing the tattoos. This was this was a marathon of three eight hour sittings. And and you honestly, like after a little go? while, no three sittings, three goes of eight hours apiece. Good lord, man! Ryan's got. Well, you almost have a full sleeve on your right arm. Well, well, that one that's oh, that's pretty much covered. Almost, almost both of Ryan's arms are, are full sleeves. Yeah, I got <laughs> chest, back, legs. Yeah, yeah. And see, I just don't have the tolerance for it. Ryan's all tatted <laughs> up. Well, and honestly, like as you're getting your tattoo, like it it stings a bit at first and hurts a bit. But I mean, after a little while, just the vibration it kind of goes away. Yeah, it kind of it with the vibration, it kind of numbs it a little yeah. bit after a little, a, a little while, but. Mm. Yeah, they're and well, and different parts of your body are more sensitive yeah. than others. But 
Yeah. Brad, for example, does have his full left arm sleeved and he's got a couple on his shoulders, one on his calf, one in the center of his back, stuff like that. He loves tattoos and they don't bother him so much to get except for like, you know, right on the elbow, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of ideas that I have. I just don't want to commit to the pain level. Well, Ryan's kind of a glutton for punishment. Like he got his (laughs) nipple pierced during, during the taping of a thing. Yeah. For a pilot of a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird story. So maybe not, maybe not listen to Ryan about, you know, whether they're painful or not. That fucking hurt. (laughs) That really fucking hurt. (laughs) I could tell it must've caused you some discomfort because you, you stiffened up and, and kind of wriggled in the chair a bit while they were doing it. Yeah. But it was very quick pain. Yeah. It was very painful, like high on the scale of pain. Yeah. But once the needle was through, it was like, oh, okay. Whew. I think I just mm. maybe orgasmed a little bit. I might have pooed. <laughs> <laughs> but you I know also. What your had, orgasms are like? Yeah. Every time poo. you have an orgasm, you poo a little uh, bit. <laughs> but I also had. I also had like 20 <laughs> people surrounding me. I had three cameras on me <laughs> and just like from the camera view, it you can't tell that. I'm like, I am completely surrounded by people all going, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? He's never had a piercing. What's Is he, he going to do? Cry? <laughs> and then once the, he goes cut, everyone just burst out fucking laughing. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe you did it. Like. Yeah, that was that was. I, I think the best part was when the uh, assistant director calls. All right, take two, other nipple. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> so you, so you haven't, you haven't told your parents that you're an atheist yet. What, what, uh, at what point did you decide that you are identifying as an atheist? Um, again, I'd say that's probably a matter of definitions. Yeah, I mean. I guess if I'm going to use any particular label that's the most accurate, it's agnostic. Yeah. You know, I mean, isn't isn't that really what the most that we can be is agnostic because we can't prove that God does or does not exist? Well, I think I think that's I think that's fair to say about everybody on the planet. Like, mm-hmm. you know, agnosticism speaks to knowledge, and theism or atheism speaks to belief. So, I would say that everybody's agnostic. You know, even theists who believe. In a God, they don't know that a God exists for sure. They'll, they they mm-hmm. may tell you that, yes, they, I know God exists. I have a personal relationship right, yeah. with him. They tend to assign a high degree of confidence to it, though. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, so I think I think the term agnostic can be applied to everybody across the planet as just okay. a blanket thing to say, well, yeah, I don't know things for sure. Like, as far as anybody can know anything, I don't think they know that God exists. So I think mm-hmm. everybody is agnostic. You know, so when somebody... So when somebody asks you what your religious beliefs are and you say you're agnostic, well, for me that's okay. Well, are you ag- are you an agnostic atheist or an agnostic theist? The the term agnostic for me is kind of a throwaway that people use when they're trying to be squishy and soft about their beliefs because they don't want to upset people. Okay, um, fair enough. And, fair and enough. so in my mind, it is a binary thing. Like you either believe in a God or gods or you don't. And so you're either a theist or you're a, or you're an atheist and you're, and then you're either an agnostic atheist or an agnostic theist or a Gnostic theist or a Gnostic atheist. And what's Gnostic, if I can interrupt. uh, So there's, so there's agnostic and Gnostic, right? So agnostic is that you Don't, the, I don't know, know for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you don't know. A Gnostic is that you know. You have knowledge that this hmm. that this is the truth. 
And then theism and atheism deals with belief. So you either believe or you don't believe. So, okay. So like, I, I think all of us around here would say that we're agnostic atheists. It depends again. I mean, to add a little bit more to that is that I would, if, if I were to say that I'm gnostic about my lack of belief in leprechauns, nobody would say, well, you're, you're totally irrational. Yeah. You don't know either. Nobody can know either way. You can't say, you know, that there's no leprechauns. Right. And so it's only in this sphere when it gets to God, where it's all personal, that people all of a sudden start to talk about, well, what do we even, what does it even mean to know something? And what the bleep do we know? All this strange philosophy around it. Hmm. No, there's, there's almost certainly no Zeus. There's almost mm-hmm. certainly no Jesus. There's um, still, right? <laughs> or probably ever was. And there's almost certainly no no gods of any kind. I mean, you know, I but that, I, I think it's fair to say that I'm pretty gnostic about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, and and okay. I and I would say that at speaking in general terms, I'm an agnostic atheist. Yeah. I mean, um, in the completely uh, you literal know, sense. If if the question is does a god or gods exist? Well, I'm I would say that I'm an agnostic atheist. If somebody were to ask me, does the Mormon God exist? Well, I'm a Gnostic atheist there where I can say, no, I know that the Mormon God does not exist. Okay. I know that, you know, based on based on how somebody wants to define a God or gods, I can say whether I know that that God exists or doesn't based on provable models. Yeah, well well and contradicting claims, yeah. things that things that are exclusive, uh that that can't you know, you can't say this about your God while also saying this because yeah. the two claims are contradictory. Like self evident things about your claim of a God or gods that I can point to and say, well clearly that God can't exist. So I know that that God doesn't exist because it can't exist. Mm-hmm. So, so you're you're a Gnostic atheist specifically regarding the Roman pantheon, for example. Yeah. Yes. Towards certain claim if you make a claim, you can say I can say no, I'm Gnostic about that. I know that's not true. Yeah. Okay. Versus where it can make a claim saying there could be some sort of higher power out there. Like, well, it's, that's a pretty broad claim, so I'll be agnostic about that. I'm, I don't think so, but I also can't prove that there isn't some sort of higher power out there that you're trying to claim. Yeah. I guess the mm-hmm. more defined a God gets, the easier it is to be Gnostic about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was going to say, the second mm-hmm. people start to define it, so when you say, like you started saying, how do you feel about gods and gods? Well, well, I don't know, you know, but the more specific you get, like Ryan just said, then you can say, oh, well, there's not, there's not a God that's both all loving and all powerful because there's evil and, and suffering in the world. Mm-hmm. So those gods are automatically out. So basically all the Abrahamic religions are lost because they've tried to define it omnimax, you know, so. Hmm. Yeah. That when okay. you make, that when you make a, you know, when you make exclusive claims about your God that contradict other claims that you make about your god then clearly that's mm. those are bullshit claims and so i can know that that god doesn't exist the god that you're describing to me clearly can't exist because it's illogical it 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 doesn't follow um but if somebody were to just say you know do you do you think that there's a possibility that a god or gods exist well i guess there's a possibility i haven't been presented with any evidence or even mm-hmm. any claim about a god 
that that I've encountered so far that I haven't been able to easily point at and say, well, no, that can't exist because of this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't rule out the possibility that in the future I may be presented with a claim for a god or gods that I would go, oh, I guess it's plausible or possible. I don't necessarily believe in it, but I guess you know it's 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 not it's not a claim that that would require that I or that I can point to and say, well, no, that's obviously wrong, and here's why. So, yeah. So, so to me, the term agnostic is just kind of a throwaway term, and, and I understand okay. a lot of people use it uh, while they're transitioning through different things, or, or they haven't, um, or they may not understand the the definitions of gnosticism and agnosticism and theism and atheism and how they relate to each other but yeah for so for me when somebody asks what i believe um about a god or gods i say well i'm an atheist i don't believe in any god or gods okay and i've had those conversations before with people in the humanist community who for one reason or another just really don't like the the label atheist Hmm. and i i spoke at one of the humanists of Utah events and afterward was approached by a couple of different people who are like, well, thank you made some sense up there and I appreciate you coming out, but I want to tell you that you're wrong and here's why. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not a religious person, but I'm not an atheist either. And I'm like, well, do you believe in a God? No. Well, then you're an atheist. By definition. No, I'm not. I'm agnostic. Okay. So what God do you believe in? Well, I don't believe in any gods. So you're an atheist. You are a theist. You are without a religious belief. No, I'm not an atheist. Oh, okay. Label yourself whatever you want. I think you're an atheist. (laughs) That's like like I tell a lot of the apprentices I work with, definitions matter and language matters. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And this is this. The, I work with a lot of millennials who are like, "That's so lit, bro. That shit's fire." <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Well, and please. one of the things that I love about the atheist community of Austin and all of their various shows is they don't really care about the labels that you use or anything. And I don't necessarily either. I think when you're when you're talking to people, it can be shorthand. You know, you can use a label as shorthand for a series of beliefs or or a cluster or group of beliefs, right? Hmm. And but really, what I'm more interested in is what you believe and why. And mm-hmm. I love that they focus their shows more on that. That it's not, you know, I don't I don't care what label you use necessarily. I want to know what you believe and why, and if I should believe that also because I could be wrong about something, right? So. Sure. So tell me what you believe and why, and we'll try to figure it out together. And if this is a coherent system of belief or not, and, and, and if, you have, good, and if you have good reason to hold that belief. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're an agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a matter of definitions, I guess we can say this. When I was graduating high school, I would have definitely said agnostic. Yeah. I've thought for a long time, if there's a God, he's not nearly as nice as everybody says he is. Mm. Yeah, it can't be. Yeah. So I thought that, that that's what I believed for a long time. And it wasn't until I read the first part of that book, coupled with a philosophy book that I was reading at the time. And I wish I could know who this is specifically attributed to, but one specific passage stuck with me is that Belief is knowledge in its infancy. uh, Knowledge is belief plus supporting evidence. That's the mathematical formula for knowledge. 
Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, of course, but yeah, that's that kind sounds, of the sounds good. That that's what I've been working with. So to bring it back to the Mormon example specifically, you literally can't know that the church is true, even though that's what they say in all of the testimonies. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. they're because taught to. I know, I know, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> we, we can go over yeah. that later. I was a prophet, and I love my mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks, thanks, Tiffany, for sharing. Um, but. You literally can't know that something is true if there's no supporting evidence. Yeah, the right. best you can do is believe in something. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I figured that out, when that concept clicked, I'm like, it's all bullshit. Because you can't know that Allah is real. You can't know that Buddha was real. Mm-hmm. You can't know that, you know, whatever Scientology, whatever whatever God they uh, pray to. Thetans. Or is it With, Thetans or Thetans? Yes. Okay. My point exactly. If, <laughs> if it's all fictional until you start to see supporting evidence mm-hmm. and proof, and if you choose to believe in it, then you can believe in it, but you can't know it. By definition, literally in terms of the words, you can't know that something is true. So that that's where I stand. At that point, I would say that I am an atheist. Um, at best, I guess we could say I'm an agnostic atheist just because mm. – we can't really definitively prove one way or another. Like you said, the possibility could exist, but it would have to be a damn good argument. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and for me, it comes down to active belief. Like, do you actively believe in a God or gods? Yes or no. If yes, then you're a theist. If no, then you're an atheist. Hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you know, that there's a lot of nuance and, and that translates into a bunch of different things as far as your actions and, and what you do in your day to day, in your day to day life and how you choose to live your life. and whether you live in fear of some invisible cosmic deity that's judging you all the fucking time or not. And that's, I still deal with those issues every now and then there are still things that I find in the back of my mind in my little lizard brain that I'm like, Oh, well it's, there's a lot of lightning outside. I, I maybe I shouldn't venture out to get the mail. Cause you know, I've been atheisting really hard this week and God might be really pissed off about it and strike me dead or, or, and, and then even when it's not that, you know, even when I, even when I don't think about there, there may be some, you know, invisible sky pig who's watching me all the time and it may strike me dead. It's, well, how bad would it look for all of, you know, to all of the religious believers who, who don't view things the way that I do. What would they say about an atheist being struck by lightning and killed while he's going out, while he's going out to check them out? Right, like that would just like, feed into the narrative that they already believe. You'd be so an told absolute you God would hit. do it. Yeah, you'd I would be, be a hit on all the Christian. Yeah, podcasts. I would be the oh, yeah. new Christian poster boy for this. Is why you shouldn't be an atheist because uh-huh. God's going to strike you dead while you're out picking up the fucking mail one day. Hey, maybe uh-huh. our podcast would go viral. Like he'll let you run a fucking podcast and be an out. Spoken loud atheist for, you know, a decade, but one day when you're checking the mail, when you least expect it, after a decade of doing shit like this, you're finally going to get your comeuppance, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> he's just going to wait because he's been helping people find their car keys and yeah, win Super Bowls and shit like that. He's giving you chances. Yeah. He's giving you opportunities. Yeah. To change your ways, Dan. Yeah. Much more, and for some reason, I'm super special because he didn't give a lot of other people the same opportunities and chances <laughs> for a decade, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just kind of weird to me. So, you're, you, you do identify as an atheist. Um, what do you think were some of the more convincing things to lead you down that path? Was it, was it just the, well, we can't really know and people who make these claims 
are just wrong or well i i suppose so because i mean uh, as that author explains in her exit story you know it, it it it's all kind of relative at that point once you realize that one can't be true Mm-hmm. then what's the distinction between this version and that version and the following version and the version before that it's it's if it's not provable if it's not measurable then how much stock should you really put in it you know what i mean so it, i don't i don't know it, it's it's just a matter of if one person if one story's been proven to be false then they're probably all false until they're supported Excuse me. Until <laughs> that was a weird noise. I'm sorry. I'm he sorry. just swallowed a cat. <laughs> Until there's supporting evidence, I don't think that you should necessarily believe it, mm. because there's not a lot of difference between the religions. Even people who do religious comparisons mm. note that they're all pretty similar. They all hit the same notes. So why is Mormonism specifically better than Catholicism yeah. or better than? Uh, uh, Islam, you know what I mean? Because it's they God's all... restored church, duh. I mean, Joseph Smith had a vision out in the forest, and he saw he saw Jesus and God and angels. Or, well, I guess it depends on which version of the first vision you want to talk about. <laughs> but really, I mean, Joseph Smith had a vision, and so now we all go to church, and it's fun. And it's, families it's are forever. Most, <laughs> it's the most true version, the, the closest we have. Yes. Yes. So, and, but, you know, even so. I'll say you you've taken a leap that not a lot of people we've interviewed has taken, which is just leaving religion behind all in one shot. Usually we hear a lot of people say, well, I left Mormonism. Then I I try Christianity a little bit. You know, I tried being a Baptist yeah, a, little a little fundamentalist bit. for a little bit. People usually bounce around between religions before they're like, these are all bullshit. You want, do you want to hear some interesting stats I came across today? Yes. What's that? So today I was actually having a similar discussion with uh, at school with a f- uh, apprentice I share the table with, and we got into it a little bit. He saw me kind of typing up my notes about this book. I made up that outline I showed you. So as I'm typing all that up, he's like, what you doing? And I explained to him None what it was. None of your fucking business, Tommy. Go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Um, but he... He just was curious. What was I doing? So I told him, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm typing up this book. I'm going to go on this awesome podcast. (laughs) And we started getting into it about religion and about what is knowledge and how can we know things. And I tried a little bit of street epistemology to try to ask him, well, how can you really know? Is intuitive feelings really the best way to measure the world around you? And as we were going back and forth about this discussion, I pulled up an interesting uh, page for, I think it's called the New Mormon Survey from 2016, okay. which I guess it's been put in book form. I didn't want to buy the book to actually read all of the numbers. But one interesting synopsis that I found of this was that approximately 6% of former Mormons actually identify as atheist or agnostic. Hmm. 86% try to find another religion. Yeah. Yeah. They want to keep that that community, that that connection. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I think for most people, even most diehard believers, community is probably the biggest aspect of why they're there in the first place and why they choose to remain. Yeah. It's, it's their it's tribe. The thing, it's, the, it's the tie that binds, right? It's the thing that keeps people going to church is they want to go and see their friends. They want mm-hmm. to see the people that they – 
that they have fellowship with every Sunday. They're that they do bake sales for, that they do raffles and all of this other shit with. That it's the community that they have and that they've built. And to leave their religion behind leaves all of that community behind as well. And the Mormon religion is particularly good at keeping people really fucking busy with church work and church business all week long. So you don't, you really don't have any community outside Outside. of the church. And so once you leave that behind, you're alone and they treat you like you're alone. You're, you're, you're shunned without being formally shunned. It becomes part of the consequence. Yeah. It's like the movie, the village sort of, it's not, not that far off, I guess. Well, they're a community that was kept away from society. Yeah. Yeah. Even though society was on the other side of the wall. <laughs> and they kept putting boogeyman's out there at night to be like, you don't want to go out there at night. Mm-hmm. It'll get you. Don't stray too man far away. Man's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show this evening. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that. That makes me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> we try to make our guests feel welcome, like, and, like and no, this is this has been a blast. Thank see, you very much, guys. It, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. Well, <laughs> I'm just a, a nervous now, really. You know, I yeah, I overthink everything. So I'm glad to be here, and this is a great space, is a great comfortable space yeah. to be here. So thank you very much, guys. Oh, oh, thank awesome. you, thank you, thank you for saying that. Um, before we go, Matt has Matt yes. has a Matt has a few thoughts that we well, I forgot to get to well, earlier no that's all right it's uh sort of a what matters mini okay i haven't done one of these forever yeah it's been it has been a minute yeah um earlier this week some co-workers were listening to a story about a woman uh who i, th- I think it was on youtube but uh she was talking about her sexual encounters with ghosts oh ah. mm. was this a lady uh, that was sleeping with the pirate the pirate divorced her. I, I didn't hear that much of it. Okay, is this Barbara Hershey from the Entity? Is that <laughs> is that a is that too vague an old reference for you guys? Yes. Uh, all right, never mind then. Um, after <laughs> it ended, I asked, "So, do you believe in the occult?" She said, um, "Yeah, I believe most of it. I'm open minded, <laughs> but I'm skeptical." I believe most uh, of it. I'm open-minded, but I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm. That did not make sense at all. See, this is so, why definitions matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to talk about the idea that being open-minded is de facto good. Um, open-mindedness is the calling card of every crystal companion, water whisperer, acupuncture asshole, herbal healer, untruthful youth- ufologist, every religious riri, homo- homeopathy harlot, ghost gatherer, bigfoot botherer, and every spirit slut the world around. <laughs> <laughs> if open-mindedness gets you to all the aforementioned forms of bullshit, then it's clearly not a very reliable way to get to truth. Open-mindedness isn't a defense against nonsense the way skepticism is. Open-mindedness is vulnerability. Vul- is a vulnerability. Skepticism isn't understood either. It's not a wall that keeps out every idea without discretion. It's a screen that helps one sift through and discard bullshit while keeping the verified. Good skeptics still believe things, just not the claims of poltergeist porking. (laughs) Open-mindedness doesn't even have a Himalayan pink salt positive ion filter for bad information. It's got nothing. To be be open-minded is used by the incredulous as a command to be on their side and to shame you into believing their rubbish too. It's not a process like science. It's not a method like skepticism. It's often a post-hoc weapon used to protect the believer's lousy ideas. 
But things about reality are either true or not. We can't simply believe leprechauns or the healing power of prayer into existence. Part of, skept part of skepticism is to carefully consider things when warranted, anyway. So being open-minded in that sense is baked right into the process of being skeptical. Being skeptical automatically makes you open to ideas, but to accept things that don't track with reality is beyond open-minded. It's a mind full of adornments and accessories. It's adding things unnecessarily. Maybe we should call that having an ornament mind. <laughs> we don't need anything extra. So through her words, my ornament-minded co-worker accidentally fell into a more or less correct statement. I am open-minded. I'm a skeptic. Very good. Very good. Thank you. She has an ornate mind. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think way too many people confuse skepticism with cynicism, right? That they think yeah. that well, if you're going to question everything, well, then that's then you're just being closed-minded. Well, no, it's me wanting to know that what I believe is true or what I'm being told is true. It's it's not that I'm just going to fucking let you know stupid bukkake all over me. <laughs> well, you know, let yeah. the stupid rain down all over me with unquestioningly. At one point, I'm going to stand up and say, hey, I can't fucking breathe. Let me clear this out of my nostrils. Like, <laughs> like there's, you know, but but on the other end, you have cynics where, oh, I don't believe anything. That's I'm not going to believe that's stupid. I'm, you know, you can still be in, you can still have an open mind while being a skeptic. Like you said, it's just a good way to filter out the bullshit mm -hmm. so that you don't waste way too much time on something that's clearly nonsense. And Lord knows I've wasted a lot of time on shit that is clearly nonsense. <laughs> when that when that listener sent us those messages oh, yeah. talking about 5G and the yeah. dangers, and I, I spent hours and hours and hours devouring all the information I could about it, only to discover that this person was a fucking crank, and the people that he was listening to were fucking cranks. Yeah. So... But I guess that's good, because then I now know that he's a fucking crank, and the people he's listening to are cranks. And now you know a lot about mm -hmm. 5G, and can come at people and be like, it's going to rot your brain. But it was yeah. be, it was because of the skepticism. You, you were open to it, but also you knew not to take them at their word. Right. That you were, you were going to question it. You weren't... You weren't you weren't skeptical in the colloquial sense, like I was just describing, where they think it shuts everything out. You were open to it and then investigated and found, no, this is nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, well, again, Tyson, it's been awesome having you on the show. Is there anything else you want to talk about that we haven't addressed yet? No, no, I think that's pretty much it for today. <laughs> if people want to get in contact with you, have questions for you, want to want to follow up on anything you've said, interrogate you, berate oh. you, harass you, how can they? how can they get in contact with you to do so? I have some I have some bad news on that, Dan. Huh? I am completely 100% devoid of social media. Oh. I am separated from that royal fucking hot mess. So <laughs> it is. I guess if they want to talk to me, they're going to have to go through you because okay. I have no way of doing it. Okay. <laughs> well, well then if you have any questions for Tyson that you would like uh, to to ask him about or anything, uh, send in your comments, questions, white uh, wines, wines, rants, and complaints to <laughs> us at godlessrevolution at gmail dot com, or tweet at us at tgr podcast, or or send us your wines, whiskeys, and beers. That Ooh. would be the best option. I think I'm all for that one. 
can we is there is there a voting system somewhere where I can <laughs> yes, I think we all record vote my it. formal my formal uh, belief in this. Um no, but thanks again for coming on, man. This has Thank been awesome. you for having me. This has been great. Uh, we'll we'll move into the Patreon portion of the show here shortly. I want to talk about impeachment and why I think it's a good idea. Uh, so that will be available to our Patreon supporters. Um, but until next week, are we going to thank our Patreon members at all tonight? Yes, I was trying to. I was trying to think of a good way to transition out of the little transition I was just working myself into. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon I'm, supporters. I'm, I'm just, I'm just very blunt with our transitions. <laughs> that would be Alan Firth. New Mania. You get to read with us, sir. Oh, do I? Yeah. So, okay. so we're right here now. Can you see it? Okay, over there. Yeah. Okay. Christy Kalbach. Gaytheist. Larry Wilson. Stephen Andrews. Let them eat covfefe. Two skeptical chaps. Michelle Short. Vanessa. Captain Seppels. That's me. Hey! <laughs> oh, I didn't even mean to have it work out that way. How about awesome. that? <laughs> Don't be a Richard. Uh, Utah Outcasts. Janet Uter. Oh, you're going to make me read that. <laughs> yeah. Marius Kotbertrakowski. That's good. Wesley Aaron. Andrew Vodapich. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Megan Kennedy. The Foz. Jesse Pointner. Freethinker215 and Mayor Quinby support Secular Coalition for America. Savita Kuna. The Purple Dragon. And Taylor, Taylor Grin. Yay! I missed a call from Taylor the other day. Oh. He, he tried calling me from his remote location and... It showed up as private number. And uh, I typically yeah. don't answer those, so he left a message. We're, we're we're trying to work something out where he can give me a call and, and we can chat and catch up because I really dig that guy. Yeah. Uh, but that will wrap things up for the regular portion of the show. As I said, we'll move into the Patreon portion where we're going to be talking about impeaching Donald Trump and why I think that's a good idea and we should do that. Start that fucking immediately. Um, but until next week. Crucify that like button. Leave a review and we'll interview you. And rate the show five times a day toward... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a winged That's spider is even about? more terrifying. A winged spider, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would care for that. <laughs> no, considering that fucker's going to be like this that, big. No. <laughs> They're already too mobile. Yeah. Yes, I don't care for the winged spiders. I do not care for these things, sir. Oh, I was gonna say the like the migrating out after my sister shot herself. Oh, they, she had a bunch of fucking just uh, fragments, bullet fragments mm-hmm. all over, and they over the years would slowly just work themselves yeah. out. And she'd get like she had a couple times where she had it looked like boils on her back, and it was just bullet fragments that had just. But your body is actively trying to like work fight against out. it yeah. at the same time, so it's yeah. sending all of its antibodies at it, causing causing the yeah. It was wild. And... I didn't know that bodies did that kind yeah. of thing. Huh. It's was, it was kind of cool. Can we back up for a second? And yes, it was this recent. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh no! She she shot herself when I was a junior in high school. So Either like sophomore or junior, thirty eight years ago. <laughs> okay. Was, Recent well, so by comparison. That would have been, been nineteen ninety or ninety one. Okay. So yeah, a little while ago. Okay. Yeah. And she's dead now, so 
<laughs> she, she she got it done eventually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it happened eventually. Join John McCain in heaven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> up there playing harps and shit. I think I did bring it up like a year or two ago about people that don't know how to play the Would You Rather game. That's what that reminded me of. Uh, people <laughs> where where they don't give you two like equally difficult options. They're like, "What would you rather have, AIDS or a million dollars?" Like. <laughs> That's not how the well, game that's works. A, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can I get back to you? Say some say some things so we can check the... One, two, three, four, five. Donald Trump is a dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't that's rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> you failed! Freestyle, Good day, freestyle sir. rap.